At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Spinach Social Hour. My name is Stefan Kaplan, and it is an absolute pleasure to be here this evening. Thursday evenings, well, every other Thursday at 9 o'clock, we're bringing you some of the best photographers from around the world to be here and share their work and their journeys. I am a social media and visual consultant. I've worked with the likes of the Pulitzer Prizes, AARP, and the Jackson Charitable Foundation and many, many others. I work with Sri Sri Nevasan and the Digi Mentors Group as a consultant. And I'm a teacher at FIT, an adjunct professor at FIT. I am also a former photo editor at the New York Times Wire Service for over 15 years. So it is an absolute pleasure to be here. We started the Spin a Social Hour when the pandemic hit to help photographers and make sure that they can get their work out there and tell you all about their journeys and everything that they've done in their lives. So it is just been a phenomenal, I think, 44 shows now. And uh, tonight, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to bring somebody on from one of my favorite cities in the world, San Francisco. Been there many times. I uh, have actually worked with the Aquarium of the Bay um, on Pier 30, near Pier 39 there. So San Francisco, my heart is always there. So... Um, we are going to give Roxanne the buildup that she deserves with a show of her work that every week, as you know, I curate a selection of the photographer's work and uh, we show you the best of the best. So here we go, enjoy it. My camera became a bridge to diverse cultures and environments, an entry into intimate relationships between me, other people and other lands. Taking photographs expanded my world and vision until I found I was no longer an observer. I became an equal participant in the experience, explain, ex explains Roxanne Boucher-Overton. Roxanne has been an artist all her life, pursuing her creative interests, but her interest in photography began when she was a child and played with the family Rolleiflex. When she got older, she graduated to an SLR and quickly learned the basics of photography. She moved on to the first Nikon digital camera and has since upgraded with each advance in technology. I finally had total control over everything from start to finish. Roxanne now works in most genres of photography, although she favors images of things that ordinarily go unnoticed. 
Reflections in found art, Im imaginary landscapes, and intentional camera movement have become mainstays of her portfolio. Photographers look with their eyes, but see with their hearts. We capture moments others would miss. We have cameras that document or can be used as paintbrushes on canvas. When we share these moments, we allow others to experience the vision and insight that is uniquely ours. Folks, it gives me absolute pleasure to bring on Roxanne Boucher-Overton from San Francisco. Roxanne, hello. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine today. Um, it has been a busy week, but I am always thrilled to be here doing this and bringing on photographers to you know get your work out there and tell your stories. And it is an absolute pleasure to see you because I learned about you and I became instantly captivated by your work. Oh my. <laughs> Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> no, I have to tell you, it captured a part of me that just um, really took over my spirit this week. And I was telling my students at FIT today that, you know, when you find something, an artist's work or something in life that just makes you want to go out and start shooting in different ways, well, your work is going to have me trying some of this technique that you use. Good. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And I see we've had a lot of greetings from people. I know Bob Veritoni was here. Uh, Pradni Ahaldipur is here from Maryland. Bob is from New Jersey. And many others that were saying hello. Thank you for being here, everyone. Um, Roxanne, so tell me, how did it start? How did this journey begin for you? Well, really, it did begin with a, a camera that uh, my dad actually was a, a house painter, and um, he traded some work for a Rolleiflex, and you know it's the kind that you look down into. Mm -hmm. And I was so enamored of it. Um, we were really poor, couldn't afford films, so I spent my uh, childhood taking pretend pictures, and you know just dreaming of the day that I'd be able to afford film and and finally be able to hold what I was capturing in my hands. And it kind of grew from there. Um, I got a wonderful birthday gift in the way of my first uh, Canon SLR. And uh, first thing I did was looked in the owner's manual and wanted to find out how I could take a double exposure of my kids. So I don't think my intent was ever to be terribly literal, although I do believe that in order to do any of the specialty photography, as I call it, um, that you, um, I'm sorry, I just saw a friend say hello. And oh, please, please. I know, I know, <laughs> I it know. happens. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I do think that the, the basics, being a really good photographer, understanding all of the rules of traditional photography are imperative before you branch out into right. things like, um, you know, motion or abstract. You, you just have to understand how the camera works and you have to understand what makes a good photograph. That's right. That's right. Well, I have to tell you, you know, um, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a hustle blood. I have a roller flux downstairs and um, I'm embarrassed to say that I barely have time to use it. You know, um, I really need to uh, start using it and, um, and getting into, you know, some other stuff these days, but I'm so inundated with social media and doing things so quickly these days that I haven't found the time, but it is wonderful. And you're absolutely right. It always starts with the basics. 
Yeah, it does. And now that you've told me you have that, you're going to have to let me go take some pretend pictures with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, it's a prized possession. I I have to I have to get it going. So, but one of the things I wanted to ask you was, as I said in the bio that we narrated the opening slideshow with is that, you know, you you did a lot of things in the arts. What is it about photography that captured your heart more than anything else? Um, I'm incredibly visual by nature, mm -hmm. and I'm also dyslexic. Um, not dyslexic so much in reading as in directional. Okay. And I often find that photographs I take end up being flipped horizontally because mm -hmm. that was how I really kind of envisioned them. And I've just always been fascinated with lines and shapes and shadows and especially color. Um, it just kind of speaks to me in a way that nothing else quite did. Probably my second love would be pottery because the hands are in the earth and forming and shaping and molding. Um, but photography just kept winning out and I finally decided to forego a lot of the other pursuits I'd done over the years and really my emphasis on photography and see exactly where my visions would take me. And I've got to say, I've surprised myself. Well, you know, um, you've written books. Uh, we're going to talk about that, of course. Um, we're going to show your information all over on the bottom of the ticker there so people can find you and make sure they check out all of your work because you have so much work. I took all week and I still couldn't get through all of it. <laughs> It's it's almost obscene, isn't it? I'm really addicted. <laughs> no, I, you know, the one thing that I realized, having gone from your website to your Facebook page to your Instagram account, and I was like, wait a minute, there's more and more and more. And I was like, wow, she is a workhorse. <laughs> I don't think it's so much that I'm a workhorse as when I get no. behind the viewfinder, I'm what? in a world of zen. I right. mean, I mean yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, I just have to create, I have to go out and see what I can see and how I can see it. And um, I have some friends introduce me to a new venue in San Francisco on Sunday that I'd never seen before. And I was just a kid in a candy store. It's like, oh my gosh, look at this. I wonder what I can do. You know, that's so, there. <laughs> that's so funny, Roxanne, because every time I find a new environment, I always say I'm like a kid in a candy store. Uh -huh. Yeah, it is. It's that way. I think that's a photographer thing. We all feel like kids in candy stores every time we find something new that jazzes us up and gets our cre gets our creative juices flowing, you know? Exactly. But, so have you been out in San Francisco your whole life? I mean, tell us a little about that. No, I, I really, I grew up with somebody that was in construction and uh, a contracting family, and we moved a lot, but mainly all over the Pacific Northwest. Okay. And I've also been fortunate enough to do a lot of international travel. I was a underwater photographer. You haven't seen that group of pictures yet, Steph. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. You hold back on me on that one now. <laughs> anyway, um, and of course, the uh, diving and underwater photography took me to wonderful locations all over the world and a lot of places that people don't normally go because that's where the good underwater work is. So, yeah. you know. Far reaches of Borneo and, right. Thailand and little islands in Indonesia and, uh, you know, then more traditional travel as oh, well. Oh, now, now, wait a minute. I know why you held out on me because you want to come back for a second show. 
<laughs> well, then I'll have to scan slides. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get somebody to scan them for you because I want to see those. So okay. uh, I know, right? We used to shoot a lot of chromes back in the days, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I love chromes. How did you feel about chromes? Yeah, um, me too. I mean, it, it was, again, a different kind of candy land. And it just, um, it just added an essence to being in that weightless, three-dimensional right. world um, that just was magical. Um, right. And I, I absolutely loved it. And I feel like I was extremely fortunate to get to experience as many of the places that I did. It was okay. wonderful. Well, let's roll through some of those experiences and photos in terms of all your other work here. Tell us about a few of these, uh, you know, little about each one as we go through them. Uh, and so, for instance, uh, you know, tell me about, tell us about this photo right here. I love this photo. I'm so glad you chose it. This is my very favorite picture of the Taj Mahal. It's the East Balcony. Okay. Now, these gentlemen had come in on a bus, obviously native in India. And um, with the exception of the green jacket, uh, nobody in, else in the picture is wearing anything that has any kind of zipper or button. It's just all folded and tied as the country people do. Mm -hmm. And they were just in awe. I mean, I think this was the trip of a lifetime for them. And the sun was just coming up and hitting them uh, from the side. And it, it was just a phenomenal sight to see them standing there and see the textures of the clothing and, you know, just the wonderful lines and, and the grouping of them. And when I got home, I took, of course, all the traditional shots of the Taj Mahal, but everybody else takes those too. And this one I felt was just kind of the catch of a lifetime. I loved it. And it was an essence of what it felt like to be there. Right, right. Now, what I am curious to ask you about that is, I agree with you 100%. Um, I always look for the photos, too, that are out of the ordinary and not your typical tourist shots and everything. So this is a beautiful and a real winner. Um, but had you back then um, started getting into uh, ICM, intentional camera movement? Because I would love to, I would love to have seen one of uh, the Taj Mahal the way you do the intentional camera movement. I didn't do the Taj. In fact, India was kind of the birth of it because um, I was in these dark um, alcoves in these different um, temples and, and buildings that they had, mm -hmm. and I had to shoot on slow shutter speed, and what I was getting was the flow of clothing in motion when uh, I was indoors, okay. and I thought, oh my goodness. Um, I wonder if I can do that outdoors by moving the camera instead of them moving. Right. And that was really sort of the birth for me of finding out that I could untether and dance with my camera and come up with some really unique things. So I don't know. I guess I'll have to go back and try the Taj with ICM. Not a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I had to ask, but, you know, I think that's I think that's just great. And, uh, you know, I love that. I want to I want you to talk about that as we move on. Uh, um, but. You know, you've had a love affair, as many photographers do, but you, I've seen the way you use light. You have definitely had a love affair with light. <laughs> yes. Well, light is what I follow, and it's what I look for. And, right. you know, it's followed then by, by lines and shapes and patterns. Right. And the fifth element that I like in my photographs is mm -hmm. um, a feel of motion, whether I've put things in motion or whether this static train just looks like it's moving because it's built for speed. Right. And... 
it's um, those are really my pillars. And if I get three of them, I've got a good photograph. If I get four, it's going to be a really good photograph. And when I nail all five of them, then I'm hitting the excellent category in my mind. And that's kind of how I measure it. Then then you're what I say all the time is we're giddy, right? Yeah, giddy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Edward's here. Oh, Edward, one of our biggest supporters and biggest fans uh, and a former guest. Um, great, great photographer, like avid like avid yeah avid like a user edward says what amazes me is not only the composition but the tone and color like a gorgeous photo realistic painting out of egg tempera amazing thank you so much yeah that's lovely absolutely absolutely and then um so now i know you have a great story about this portrait because i know you you've done a bunch of portraits but you know, I'm glad you sent me this one, and I'm glad we put this one uh, in the inside slideshow here. Uh, tell us the story, and I'm just going to let you go go about it because it's such a great story. Well, same same trip to India, and um, I saw we were in a very very rural village, uh, totally unsophisticated, um, actually kind of off the beaten tourist path. So the story ends up surprising me in a way. Um, I saw her coming from quite a ways away. She had just amazing charisma, um, all the color, the beads, uh, she was fabulous, and she was laughing and smiling with children. And so I kind of put myself in her path, and I went into my sign language of, you know, um, can I take a picture? <laughs> and she surprised me right off, because usually the older people don't want their photos taken. And she nodded and said yes, and she just gave me this great big smile. <laughs> So I snapped a couple of pictures of her, and I thought I'm going to take a few here and make sure I get a good one. And um, I thanked her and started to move out of her way, and, and she stopped me. And it was like, no, 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 no. Um, she wanted to see the back of my camera. And being able to see photos in the back of the camera was fairly new. This was back in 2010. Right. And so I was right. I was quite surprised. And so, of course, I showed them to her. And she looked at them, and, she, you know, she wanted to see them all, and I showed them to her. And she showed me the little trash can, and, and in sign language made it very clear that I was to delete them. And I was just heartbroken. So I went ahead, and I deleted them all, and I thanked her and started to walk away. And she reached out and grabbed me and turned me around and said, you know, you. And then she stood there, and she gave me this look. And so I put the camera up, and I thought, well, she'll smile when I get the camera ready to shoot. But she didn't. She just kept this look. So I thought, well, okay. And so I took a few pictures of her. And then she wanted to see the back of the camera again. And I thought, well, here comes the trash can. And she just loved them. She loved all of them. And I was kind of surprised. And I, you know, I said, thank you. And um, we kind of said our goodbyes. And I walked away. And she was all grinning and happy again. And as she was grinning at me as I was getting ready to walk away, it occurred to me that she didn't want the smiling pictures because she had no teeth. Ah, there we go. That's that was right. all I could figure. And so she thought that this made her look much more attractive because obviously in her mind, the fact that she didn't have teeth was something right. she was sensitive to. I can't blame her. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I've got this treasure with, and she looks so mean and so stern, right. and she was just so absolutely adorable and sweet. Right. And it was one of the nicest cultural exchanges I've ever had, and I've had a lot, um, but yeah. she's just precious to me. 
Yes, yeah, I mean it's it's, a, it's an incredible serious look on her face, and you know she the stories are written all over her face. You know, I mean yeah, I totally I always I yeah. yeah I always say that you know if only I could hear half of the stories written on people's faces, uh -huh. you know. So, but no, beautiful, beautiful uh, portrait, and what quite the story, quite the story. But you know, you got her uh, into so much so early on, doing so many different things from architectural photography. Um, I I love your the way you look at the world and the way you look at buildings and everything. Um, and you know, and then there's sometimes moments that you just come across where you're walking down a street or you're inside of a store. And I mean, tell us about this one, because to me, this is one of my favorites because it just has that feel of an oil painting. Yeah, this is just a straight little shot. Um, yeah. I, I was on the street, um, it was real bright sunlight and I was walking by a bank and they have those little um, glass uh, sheets with water running down them in their windows. Right. It's kind right. of an obscurity screen. and. So I walked into the bank and I said, you care if I shoot a few pictures through your water wall? And they said, no, go ahead. So I did. And this is it. Nothing of great talent or skill, but it yeah. was a matter of vision. But it's, and yeah. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. But yeah. it's always it's always the right moment, being in the right place at the right time, you know. Yeah. And uh, the 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 number of people in the frame, uh, the, their positioning in the photo, all made for that perfect like composition and and uh, symmetry in the photo, you know, just just beautiful, just beautiful. And then of course I know that this is in L.A. because I've been uh, to the museum and it's absolutely just so beautiful to photograph day or night, you know. It is, and this museum is a joy to photograph inside as well as outside. Um, you just, uh, every time you look at it, there's, there's a, and it's just a big white box that sits on a corner with this interesting facade. And the first time I saw it, I thought, well, what in the world are you going to do with that? And I've shot it twice the first time with a good friend of mine, Sweo, who's the Hasselblad master, and she did her um, Hasselblad book. Mm -hmm. um, uh, based on the Broad Museum, and we spent uh, three and a half days shooting it, and we still didn't get it all shot. And oh, so it's, it's really a, a phenomenal place to go and shoot. It then really we got inside, and oh my goodness, I think you've got one of the inside shots too that I used some ICM on. Okay. No, I remember seeing it at night. I was out there working on something in L.A., and uh, I was there for a conference. Uh, actually, uh, I was working with Encore.org. And anyway, I'm, I'm standing there at night, and I was like, wow, this is probably as magnificent to photograph at night as it is during the day, you know? Yeah, we were there from sunup till <laughs> late at night. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's absolutely, it's absolutely magnificent. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the name because I totally um, said museum and I didn't mention the name, so thank you. Sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, going into nature, I mean, you know, just another beautiful way of using uh, ICM, but I know you've also done a lot of multiple exposures and everything. What is, what is um, you know, 
do you combine uh, any of the ICM with double exposures? And have you do you have a passion for one of over the other? Um, actually, no. Okay. <laughs> it depends on the subject. It, okay. it really um, depends on the subject. Uh, this is straight ICM. It's okay. not multiple exposure. It's uh, it was taken in the. Uh, Smoky Mountains mm -hmm. uh, back in uh, Tennessee and um, in a nice fall picture. And it's just taking a camera and just at about a thirteenth of a second. Right. And um, it, you follow the lines of what you want to shoot mm -hmm. and hold that camera steady so it doesn't squiggle. Right. And you kind of can paint with the camera. I mean, it just literally takes the colors and the more time I give it, the more color seems to gather on the sensor. It always really surprises me. Right. But um, yeah, and it, it was inspiring to be there. It's a gorgeous park and yeah. Yeah, no, I've heard a lot about them and everything. But, you know, the, the whole um, thing with multiple exposures is, you know, it is always an element of surprise, of course. Um, but the, I love the fact that you even do some portraits of people with them. I love this, you know? Yeah. Well, this is, uh, the old 16th street train station in Oakland. And, okay. um, you know, you can shoot straight graffiti there. There's a lot that you can do, but, um, somebody had this person there as a model. So I stepped in and took advantage of it. Sure. And, um, this is definitely multiple exposure and, I think what multiple exposure and ICM are to me more than anything is mm -hmm. capturing time mm -hmm. and not capturing that 125th of a second, right. but capturing time. And um, you can do it in multiples. Um, and uh, my camera happens to compress multiples together in the camera. Mm -hmm. um, or you can shoot a series of pictures and you can composite in Photoshop. Right. Um, but you're capturing more time and light shifts minutely, things happen and um, you get such interesting stories out of it that just a single frame instantly shot, which is not how we see right. at all. Right. I mean, that isn't our vision. Right. Um, right. Our vision moves. And so I think that's what I try to mimic with, with photography like this. Absolutely. No, I, you know, shooting in tunnels and old train stations and all that type of stuff is always such a joy because you get the, just those really, you know, beautiful, deep, you know, color and, um, and, you know, there's nothing like shooting in those classic places, you know? Yeah. So um, I, I love that. Absolutely beautiful. Now, you've done a, a, a certain amount of black and white photography. And what was really must have been thrilling for you was that um, you had this body of work uh, in black and white. We showed a lot of them in the opening slideshow. Um, and tell us, uh, I mean, it must have been a real thrill to be published in Lens Magazine. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I was delighted. Um, I got an inquiry. Um, if I'd like to do a submission, and I had just finished shooting at um, the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art, mm -hmm. and I had some very striking images that I thought, you know, and it was for their black and white issue, and um, I thought I can do some black and white with uh, some of the things that I've shot there that'll be really striking. Right. And 
So I sat down at the computer and opened up Photoshop and worked on a few things. And I thought, yeah, I've got some stuff here that I think is good enough to submit. So I did. And I was really thrilled that they they accepted it. No, they gave you a beautiful spread. I mean, look at the spread. I mean, just gorgeous. And, you know, um, it, it's always a, always a thrill to see anything published, especially given the nature of everything being online. Um, you know, so uh, congratulations. That must, that, was, that must have been great. So, but I want to I have you talk a little more about ICM and the whole intentional camera movement thing, because a lot of the work that we're going to show is a combination of that and multiple exposures of as well that I have lined up. But talk to us about it and tell us how people, even people out there, can begin to experiment a little with their cameras this way. Well, most when I started doing ICM, um, mm -hmm. I stayed probably a fifteenth to a tenth of a second. Okay. And photography, to me, and it's why I don't have a genre, isn't about what the subject is. It's about what the lines and the shapes and of course what the light is doing, but it's really those five elements that I look for. Mm -hmm. And it can be in nature, it can be inside of a building, or you know, it can be on a city street. They're all interrelated by having those elements. Right. And with ICM, my idea was to capture time. This was in Amsterdam. Um, it's old. Um, you know, this structure has the tunnel has been there forever. And I didn't want to just do straight shots of it. I wanted to capture the element that um, it's been there. And these people are passing through a couple of eras of time. They're passing through time that this structure has created. But they're also moving forward with their own lifetime. Mm -hmm. And that's two words, not a lifetime. But, you know, we walk through our lifetime. And so that's part of what um, ICM means to me. It's okay. those elongated moments, and more recently, my <clears throat> shutter speeds have been uh, going as long as three seconds, um, which gives a completely different look. But this is just a straight, just take, and I move very fast. I mean, right. it's like whomp. Right. It's quick, right. but it's rock steady, and it's following the lines of those pillars. And if I'm right. doing landscapes, then it's across. If I'm someplace with a diagonal, I'm going down. So it's picking up that main movement line that is taking place in in the subject that I'm shooting. Right. And elongating that and letting everything else kind of blend the way that it will. And I think the element of surprise of what am I going to get is also a real attraction because it's not predictable. Right. Um, you know, I can take my tripod and go out and shoot a sunrise at the ocean and I know what I'm going to come home with. When I go out and set this camera loose and me loose with it, um, I never know what I'm going to come home with. And right. that's part of the beauty right. of it. No, absolutely. So we're getting a bunch of comments here from people. Edward said, uh, oh, sorry, Ruth says here, it looks very, uh, sorry, ethereal. And love the colors and lighting and the whole blurred concept. Absolutely. Uh, Edward had another comment too. He said, gorgeous, almost like a color pinhole image with motion, beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I agree with that one 100%, uh, both of them. Uh, great comments and thank you. Uh, Tim Sohn is here, thank you Tim for being here. Uh, Tim's a big nature lover, so I know he loved that earlier photo from the Smoky Mountains. 
Um, one of the things that I noticed when you're doing a lot of the uh, ICM photography is um, you do a certain amount with buildings and architecture and everything, but you really have a real passion for shooting people in them. Well, I think the person um, gives perspective um, and the person, the human element also really tells a story. Right. Um, and it's more of an in-depth story because you get the pleasure of the surroundings and whatever happens with the surroundings. But then you have that person there. And um, as humans, we're always interested in what other humans are doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's an element, I think, that helps draw the viewer in and it helps them create the story that they want to tell with the image that I've presented. Absolutely. No, it, it's, I, I have to tell you, uh, I think one of the other things that's great is that you've also put out a lot of books on this and you've also been an instructor, you've done workshops. So tell us a little about that, because I'm sure people are a lot of our viewers would love to know more about how they can learn about this. And also from your work, you know, we're going to show where they can find your books. Tell us a little about that, please. Sure. And uh, it's real simple. I started out with a book to help myself because mm -hmm. uh, I'm a firm believer that um, when you're writing a book, uh, you have to really know your stuff. So it really makes me dig deep. Uh, before I go to on to explain it to another person. And I started out with a book called Think Before You Shoot. It was originally developed um, to help people take uh, vacation photographs uh, if they went on a trip somewhere that their neighbors wouldn't cringe when they said they wanted to show them their pictures. And um, it ended up uh, evolving into more of a book uh, about the real basics of photography and what to think about when you're shooting and what to consider putting in your images. And um, after that, the way I actually learned how to perfect my photography was through self-critique and mm -hmm. also listening to people critique, critique other people's work. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a book on uh, the art of critique and uh, how it helps you make exceptional photographs. And so that was the second in the series. And then the third is catching my peripheral vision, which of course is the motion. Because if you stop and think about it, most of what you and I see at any given moment is blurred. We're only lasering in on sharp focus on the most minute little thing that we see. Mm -hmm. Everything else that is surrounding us is in blur. And for most of us that are taking photographs, what, we ca what catches our eye is usually blurred. I mean, we don't land on something in perfect focus and go, oh, I want to take a picture of that. Something causes us to look at that. And it's something that has caught our eye in that world of blur. And what I found is that I often liked what I saw in the world of blur better than I did when I focused in on it. And that, that really is kind of the peripheral vision. So that book really goes into the basics of how you take, uh, how you start taking ICM. And if anybody wants to take ICM photography, I highly recommend that they read it. It's an easy read. It's very instructional. And um, I really do try to do my best to explain exactly how to do it and tell you exactly what my camera settings were and what I did when I took the picture and why the picture looks the way that it does. Mm -hmm. And then the last one sort of ties them all together. It's um, mindful photography. And um, it really gets into a little bit more detail about um, how we knit all of our knowledge together and come out with the kind of photography that we really want to take.
Yeah, well, let's show everybody, you know, some of these yeah. books here. So why don't you tell uh, everybody here what we have? Um, well, those are the four books that we were talking about, and yeah. they're all available. If you just search my name on Amazon, what I have mm -hmm. will come up, and Amazon has some really nice previews so right. that you can actually read several pages in each one and see if it looks like something you're interested in. Okay. And you can get them either in ebook form or you can get them in uh, a nice uh, heavy paperback uh, book form. Real, okay. real paper pages. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I, love, I love the selection of books here. The Art of Mindful Photography, Catching My Peripheral Vision, uh, Finding Clarity and Blur is a great one. I would, I'm definitely going to get that one. And then Critique, A Path to Creating Exceptional Photography. And I love the title of the next one. Think before you shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you've also been to Havana. You've done a book on Havana. I do. Uh, my youngest son uh, suggested that we go to Havana together. Um, shocked me. We spent about 10 days down there together and just had an absolutely wonderful time. And I put the book together for him. And then this is 100 Words is a collaboration with um, a friend of mine in Tennessee, and we became friends um, over this book. He had seen some of my work on Facebook and sent me an email and said, you want to write a book? Mm -hmm. And so we did. We collaborated, and my trip to the Smoky Mountains was actually to meet him a couple of years after this book came out. So kind of a fun story. Wow. No, I love the selection of books. Um, I, I, I am personally going to dive into the rest of your work and also your blog and other things because, I, like I said, you've ignited something in me. I can't Thank wait. You. That's I a lovely compliment. I can't wait to start going around and trying some of this more intentional camera movement and reading some of your instructional uh, insight on on photography because, like I said, you know, we always have to find new ways of creating things. One of my favorite things to do in life is always create stuff. Oh, our good friend Ty is here. Let's see what Ty has to say. Um, and let's actually bring up uh, the other slides. We read Ty's comment because I'm sure, I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's going to be a great one. So let's see. Ty says, I had, the good uh, I had the good fortune of going on a photo walk with Roxanne in New York City a few few years back, covered on my own. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I remember when we had, we had Ty. It was such a pleasure to meet him. Yeah. Oh, and we have Edward. Edward writes the the um, the encyclopedia of comments. <laughs> I, I love Edward, but I need a half hour to read his comments. There's something in photography we call the zone. The moment when you, Roxanne, are doing uh, – the moment – what you are doing, uh, sorry, the moment, what you, Roxanne, are doing is showing us a world that exists in a world and time you have unlocked for us to see, as great as some of the great artists, musicians, film directors, poets, seeing things we normally walk by, and now we all observe in awe and wonder in a completely new way, how inspiring for us all. Oh, Edward? Oh my goodness, thank you so much, Edward. That's just a lovely, lovely compliment. Carla says, hi from San Francisco. Terrific discussion with smart tips. Thank you, Carla. Thank you very much. Rose Horowitz is here. Uh, find Rose and follow her women to follow uh, hashtag on Twitter. Hi, Stefan. Great to see Roxanne Boucher Overton's work. Thank you, Rose, for being here. Thank you very much. Um, Roxanne, 
The Golden Gate Bridge. What a what an exciting thing it must be to, to use a certain technique like you have in ICM on something like the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, and this isn't actually this is a, a hand blended multiple yeah. exposure. Um, okay. I mean, it's such a glorious bridge that in my mind it just deserved to be repeated and repeated and repeated again. Right. Right. And again, it's one of those iconic structures that so many photographers from all over the world and really fantastic photographers have taken amazing photographs of it. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to try something different. I wanted to tell its story from different um, perspectives. And um, so this is what I chose to do with it for this image. I meant a multiple exposure. Sorry about that. Um, I, I'm so caught up in your ICM photography that I just threw ICM out there. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a gorgeous multiple exposure. I'm sure Peter De Silva and other friends of ours uh, who have been on the show from San Francisco uh, would just love to see these, and I'm sure they will if they're not here right now. By the way, happy birthday, Peter De Silva. Uh, former guest and great friend. Jude Foster is here from, oh wow, from New Zealand. Hello, Jude. Wonderful to have you here from beautiful New Zealand. I hope, we hope everything's well there and uh, that, you know, wow, just, oh, it's so beautiful to see such an international crowd all the time. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, then we get to some of my, my beautiful New York stuff here. And let me tell you, I knew this was New York the minute I looked at it. And uh, to me, it looks like it's right probably near Madison Avenue, near the Empire State Building, probably. Yeah, and I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't read a map. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm a New Yorker, born and bred. It's uh, Madison Avenue, Park Avenue, probably Madison, right, or Lex, right near uh, probably towards the Empire State Building. I would say Madison is my guess. Okay. So, but well, it, it was a beautiful spot wherever it was. It was absolutely oh, man. fantastic. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And again, this is just a nice following the lines of the building, buildings down. Just right. really. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Then we get back to your, uh, your, you know, beautiful area of San Francisco and having been there many times, walking down some of the streets in Chinatown that have all the lanterns and everything. I knew exactly where you must have taken this, but I've never seen anything as beautiful as this from that area. Yeah, it, uh, this is a multiple exposure yeah. and with lots of emphasis on, on making sure 
Um, I was very careful how I lined up the people so that um, they didn't disappear because the light, when you're doing an in-camera multiple exposure like that, the light can sort of disappear people if you're not careful. So they're a little bit warped, which I think adds to their charm. And then we've got all that gorgeous color. Absolutely. Edward says that the steel from the bridge, uh, from uh, all the steel from that bridge came from the, oh, listen to this, Roxanne, that's right. So Edward documented uh, uh, the steel factory in uh, one of the steel, the Bethlehem steel factory. And all the steel from that bridge for the Golden Gate Bridge came from the Bethlehem Steel Company. That image makes the bridge come alive as the people that built it. it, it as Sorry, I don't know why I'm stumbling so much here tonight. As if the people that built it can be seen in the metal. That's a fabulous, fabulous uh, description of the picture. And I think that's how I feel about it because it's, um, it's again, it's about time. It's about... You know, the bridge was built, finished, I think, in 1937. Mm -hmm. And um, it just captures that. Think of how many people have crossed that bridge and think of all the reasons why. And there are just so many stories to tell with right. it. And it's just, um, and I, I think that kind of photography can really personify that, that there's just a million stories there. Um, you know, trips across. That is the thing always about architecture, of course, and these unbelievable buildings that we pass by and these beautiful bridges that we drive across or that we, you know, see from a distance and visit is that the stories, the history that went into building these incredible, incredible, you know, structures. And for you to capture it in such a different way is absolutely an honor, I feel, to the, to the people who built it and to also the structures themselves. That's a lovely thing to say. Um, and I do hope I honor them because I am indebted to them for the beauty and, and the wondrous sights they've given us to enjoy. No, absolutely. You know, um, I'm going to take a one second pause here because one of the things I always love to do and I have to make sure that I do because it's great that the platform that we stream this on to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn and have so many great viewers from around the world is StreamYard. It changed my life as a social media and visual strategist and consultant. And I just wanted to give them their just due because they sponsored the show. And we have another sponsor, which we'll show very quickly in the end. And I have to tell you, um, I want to get right back into your work here because I also love that you walk around and the things that you see and blend together are just magnificent. Tell me about this one. I found this in your collection and it just caught my eye right away. Um, yeah, you actually picked out two. I don't know if the other one's in here that were taken at the same within probably 10 minutes of each other and oh. I was doing multiple exposures and what drew me to Okay, I think we may have frozen here for a second. Um, the site was with the Okay, hold on one second. Circle on the screen, are you? Or is that just here, we're back? Um, yeah, no. Yeah, I think okay. it, it may be on your end. Um, yeah, okay. So 
Um, let, if you if you have any problems, we'll bear with them. Don't worry about it. Okay, thank you. No problem. Anyway, um, it was just a great setting, and uh, I was doing uh, multiple exposures there and trying, uh, waiting for people to come through. And this was pre-pandemic, so in San Francisco, you never have to wait too long for somebody to walk through. Right. And it's just a matter of putting them, uh, my camera overlays um, what I can see, and so I can put them where I want them. Uh, in the picture and and make my arrangements the way I want them to be. Well, you have a you have a wonderful eye for doing this, and um, you you really bring them together and make them sing, as I would say. And um, you know, but then you know, you could be walking down the street, and there's a lot of athletes all the time, and there's other people doing things. I love you know the, the perfect moment here of a jogger, a runner, uh, and the beautiful streets of San Francisco. Yeah, this is over by the transit center, and again, it was, uh, it was the angles. You know, I have an implied triangle there. I love what happens to crosswalks when the camera moves um, because it, right. it, you know, makes, makes the crosswalk more distinct um, in a blurry kind of way. And the light mm -hmm. was just stunning. And so I just stood there for a few minutes and played with it, and this was the one I just liked the way that light got picked up and kind of smeared around. and. I love the little red lights on the right-hand side, yeah. um, you know, as kind of an accent and uh, the little spot of yellow. And yeah. Yeah. I, I really like color. So, um, and again, oh. geometry, which I, you know, the shapes and the line. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing with you is, is your use of, you know, geometrical shapes and everything your use of geometry is just phenomenal and uh your knowledge of course and but also like you said a lot of it has to do with the way you look at things and you know it's always interesting roxanne because sometimes the certain things in life that could many prove very difficult to many people um such as earlier you mentioned that you were dyslexic in terms of the way you know um the way your vision catches certain things well, you've turned that, though, into such a positive for everything you do, you know? Well, it, you know, it's how I see. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. Right. But it's so beautiful the way you see oh, you. and the yeah. way you capture it that in in many ways, in in it's it's a gift in, in well, other ways. Well, it actually, I do think of it as a gift. Um, yes. I, yes. I do because I, I do see things differently. I know I do, yeah. and I, yeah. I love that I can. And it is an absolute gift, and, and we're thankful for it in many ways. Now, uh, I did not realize this earlier uh, when we were talking, but here we are in New York, and wow, Times Square, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I loved how many people there were, and I loved the shapes of them. And I, I took a few different swipes with uh, the camera, and... Um, this is a little bit longer uh, shutter speed. It is not a multiple exposure. It's pure ICM. Wow. And it's ICM with a little bit of a jerk in it, um, you know, a little sweep, stop, sweep. And you can get kind of a feel for um, you get two different pictures, even though it's all in the same frame, if mm -hmm. that makes sense to you. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, yeah. you know, one of the things that I wanted to say is that, the thing I love most about your use of ICM, intentional camera movement, is that you could stand here, sit here, stand here, whatever you're doing, and look at these photos and these images 
and study them because there's so much to try to decipher, you know? Yeah. Between, well, there's mystery. Yeah, there's yeah, mystery. There's, there's mystery exactly, and yeah. that is that is such a beautiful thing because, um, whereas a lot of photos you can look at certain things and pick something out really quick, and then there are others that you have to study uh, for a longer period of time, and then there are these that have the everything brought together, you know, everything brought together. The yeah. color, the colors are outrageous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> In an outrageous. <laughs> outrageous in a good way. <laughs> and here we have a street in San Francisco, another beautiful shot. Um, I, I tell you, this the streets of San Francisco and New York, nothing like them. Yeah. Nothing like them. And this was shooting into the sun, so right. people are backlit. And um, probably looks like three exposures, and this was definitely done in camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gorgeous, oh. gorgeous. To now, tell us about this. Because, okay, Edward says, amazingly powerful, spiritual, the center figure is very Christ-like, yeah. and all of those who follow surround. Absolutely, Edward. That's Absolutely. a great interpretation. I love that. Thank Edward, you. Edward types really fast, and he has the best analysis and outlook on every photo. I tell you, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. That's great. I love it. I love to hear other people's interpretations. And that one actually is very close to what my own is. Absolutely. But tell tell me about this one, because I saw this and I just stopped on it immediately. Well, um, it was uh, one of our old streetcars. We have historic streetcars that run down uh, Market Street and down the Embarcadero. And um, the light was gorgeous on the streetcars. I noticed them as they went by, so I decided to stop and and capture some as they went by. And I got this one with the three faces and I just loved it. Um, especially the middle lady. Um, there's just something uh, 1920s about her, you know, kind of a mysterious, um, yeah. almost a, a kind of a, she reminds me of Helen Mirren in a way, the actress. And um, I just, it's like there are stories there. Those women have stories. Um, so I, I always when I get something like this, and I think I'm going to do a series, but I never quite find that magic again to duplicate it the second time. Yeah, um, no, it is. <laughs> it is magical because when I look at it, I see the girl with her hands, you know, sort of up a little, wondering uh-huh. what she's thinking. In the middle there, what I saw when I looked at it was, remember the uh, when the nuns used to wear the big hats? Uh-huh. Uh, I uh-huh. forget. I forget the exact Valley Field term. flying nun hats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and um, I didn't go to a Catholic school, so pardon. I forget what what that actual was. You know what that was called. But anyway, just absolutely beautiful there in the middle. Uh, Rose says the photos echo the ways colors bleed can bleed uh-huh. in watercolor paintings. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. I, it's an apt description. That's what ICM does. It paints. Yeah, yeah, it does paint. And you've talked about that a lot on your website. Yeah. Yep. By the way, fantastic website you have. Thank because you. a lot of websites you go to have a certain amount of, you know, cover, uh, not coverage, a certain amount of um, articles on them or pieces uh, about certain things. Yours, you really have a beautiful way of describing what you do and how people can go about learning this technique. I want to share it. It's, I don't want to keep it a secret. Um, right. It's one of the things we all move differently. Right. And um, to teach somebody ICM, 
they're never going to take the same picture that I take, but um, conversely, I'm never going to take the picture that they take because really our photography is the sum of our life experiences, right. how we see, what we choose to look at, but also how we move. <laughs> and uh, we all move a little differently. And I have local friends that I shoot with that do ICM, and we'll go out and shoot together. Bill Hewitt's on tonight. He's one that I shoot with often. And he'll go out and he'll get the most amazing ICM stuff. And it's like, how did you do that? <laughs> you know, that's right. We all see things differently. We all do things differently. Rose says she'll check out the website. We've been showing it all uh, all evening here. By the way, folks, please share this broadcast. We love your likes. We love your hearts. And we absolutely go crazy over your comments, as you know. We show a lot of them and we read them. But please make sure that you share this broadcast on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. And let your friends know about this because all these photographers work really hard and they have incredible work and stories. And we're here to share them and let your friends, family, and network know about them, please. So Roxanne, when I was going through your work, this was the first photograph I picked out to promote the show with. And you were like, boy, my grandson's gonna be thrilled. That's your grandson in that photo. That's my surfer grandson, it certainly is. Yeah, wow, so tell us taken. about this. Yeah, this was taken, it's a multiple exposure, and it was taken at Montara Beach, which is just south of the city. Mm -hmm. And it really was orange because this was in the midst of our forest fire season last uh, September. Oh, okay. And it was the day after San Francisco made um, international news because we never saw the sun that day. Um, the smoke was so That's thick. Right. That's so right. That the sun never showed. And this was the evening after. Um, so the next day, and it had cleared just enough. And... Uh, we took him down to Montara, and uh, he went in, and I wanted to get some nice surfing pictures of him, but I didn't. But I got this one, which I thought oh. captured his spirit and the spirit of the day. And, the, oh. uh, you know, what surfing brings to the inner soul of somebody who's in communion with the ocean like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an amazing pursuit. Let me tell you something. Now that you say that, I didn't realize it was during the uh, wildfires and, and everything else that was going on in San Francisco. Yes, that, that smoke and the sky and everything was, it was really ominous. Yeah, and it was, it was. really scary. Uh, numerous photographers I know documented all that while that was going on. Had some yeah. incredible images. But like you said, you went there to get a certain type of picture, but look at, you know, even in that moment, look at what you came back with. It's a gift. It, it, it's just unbelievable. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I had an interesting experience during the uh, during the fires. I had I didn't go out on the worst day. Um, I didn't have the freedom that particular day to take my camera and go. I had some other responsibilities, and but I did have to run down to the corner. And I went out and out in the outer sunset, which is just row houses. And it was dark, and it was about one in the afternoon, mm -hmm. and all of the windows were lit. And those particular houses you see, there are dining rooms and their living rooms. And there was uh, somebody in each window mm -hmm. as I walked down the street. Mm -hmm. um, they were either on Zoom on their big screen TVs in the living room, or they were typing on computers in the dining room or living room. And as I walked down the street, I thought, this is the pandemic. You know, this is it, that ominous dark sky the threat, the danger, you know, we can't see these viruses. We can't, um, no. you know, we can't touch them. Yeah. And that day I walked through 
an actual visual field of the pandemic. It was an amazing, I'll never forget it. Mm. And then the next day I went down and I got this and, and it was just the beauty of our planet recovering. Yeah. And I hope we keep it recovering because it's a glorious mm. place to inhabit. It, it really is. Um, we have yeah. a lot of work to do in this world and many things. Um, and I'm just hoping that, you know, we will get through this, but it is definitely a long road. We have a long road for a lot of things that are going on. But you know what? Your photography and your beautiful way of describing so much of it and your stories to go along with it, it's a, it's a blessing to have you here tonight. Oh, thank you. And, um, you know, along with that shot, we go to another shot where... There's the beautiful sunlight with none of that um, stuff that was going on in San Francisco with the wildfires. Um, was this, uh, where was this, Roxanne? Uh, Cambodia, a couple of Cambodia. years ago. Cambodia. And um, it was interesting because she was actually posing for um, a tour of photographers. Okay. And she was out walking across this lake with these uh, water containers and of course, they were all lined up. They all had their cameras on their tripods. You know, they were all going to get exactly the same picture. Of course. And I thought, how can I interpret her a little bit differently? Um, because she's magical. I mean, even though she was a model, I mean, she was a villager making extra money. Right. But um, she was enjoying what she was doing. Right. And I thought, what can I do to, to really show that she was dancing with the water? Because right. that's what it looked like. She had this definite relationship like my grandson has with the ocean. Right. Um, and I, so I chose ICM and played around with different motions and different movements. And, mm -hmm. of course, with ICM and human figures, you get a double whammy because they're also moving. Right. And so that brings some unpredictability into it. And it's the unpredictability where I think the magic happens. It, and, is, it, is, the un, um, it is the unpredictability. And that's, yeah. you know... That's one of the things that also translates well, the same in many ways, to the architecture and cityscapes too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. To, when I look at this photo, uh, now I don't know if it's New York or San Francisco, but the immediate thing that comes to my mind is uh, I'm a big, uh, <laughs> this may be silly, but I'm a big Batman fan and it reminds me of Gotham. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it has, um, it's an interesting photograph in my eye because it has both an ominous feel and a joyous feel at the same time. So it's very contradictory. And I'm sure some people take it more heavily one way or the other. And, you know, that's, that's kind of cool because they're meant to provoke thought in whoever views them and especially ICM to come up with your own story of what you think it is. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now, I've pulled a lot of photos. I had a great time going through all your work. And then I came across a couple, and I was like, wow, this is really fascinating. So tell me about the crow. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. It'll take the magic of the photo away. <laughs> okay, okay. You can have some secrets. It's okay. Um, I have to tell you, I saw this, and I have a lot of crows around here. And I absolutely, they're, they're fascinating to watch sometimes. And I'll this, tell you what he is. Okay. He's a gate ornament. He's a metal gate ornament. Oh my God, you got me so good. That is so funny. But that is so guy, funny. This guy was so gorgeous behind him. Wow. And, yeah, and I was able to do some multiple work with it. And, <laughs> yeah, and I love it. And he was a gate ornament. 
But that's okay because he's a representation, right? Uh, listen, uh, you'd show this to nine out of ten people. Would anybody guess this was a gate ornament? Oh, I, I don't think anybody, if you did, ten out of ten people, nobody'd know. Yeah, I, I don't think so. So um, Edward says, Edgar Allan Poe, the literary associations are hitting me, the raven. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, Edward. Thank you. Thank you. And Edward also said that skyline looks like Dante's Inferno. Uh, uh -huh. It's actually true. So like you said, there's joy in that photo and there's uh -huh. mystery and there's also, um, um, you know, ominous, uh, that ominous feel to it as well. So... At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz in the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umlock from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Tell us about some other work that you've worked on too, in terms of uh, landscapes and nature, and and then we get to some really, really different stuff that you've done too. This is uh, the Marin Hills, um, mm -hmm. taken from the city across to uh, Marin, and I did uh, a very slight ICM, and then I turned the camera upside down and positioned it and did another one, and it left a little brightness of sky in the center. Absolutely. I love this technique, man. Oh, my God. I can't wait till I start using. I have a Samsung NX1 uh, uh -huh. professional camera with an incredible 18 to 52.8 lens. And I can hardly wait to start like doing some of this technique. Well, don't be afraid to turn uh, your cameras upside down. Um, I'm going to be trying a lot of things. I'm going to, uh, everything, everybody needs something to play with, with this pandemic. <laughs> so uh -huh. let, me, let, let me tell you, we're all going stir crazy. So uh, the, the, the number one thing I'm looking forward to is discovering new ways of doing things. So uh, I love it. I love it. So, um, but, you know, just guide us through a few of these as I go through them. This one is just purely a composite. Okay. Um, I just took a series of pictures at the beach, mm -hmm. and uh, I got home, and I, I got Photoshop out, and I had a vision in my head on what I wanted, mm -hmm. and I just put it together, and it's it's purely a composite. Okay. my imagination. Absolutely gorgeous, though. What an imagination it is. And uh, subway tunnels and other things are something I love to always keep my eyes out for and uh, photograph and even escalators and stuff. So tell us about this. This is the escalator um, from the lobby up to the second floor of the Broad Museum in Los Angeles. Uh -huh. And if you look up at the top beyond the, the figure, you can kind of see the giveaway of the Broad shapes that are, you know, morphed a bit with the motion. Absolutely. And it, was, uh, it was an ICM 
twist. Yeah. And sometimes I do ICM pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do it. And that'll give me the double exposure look. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's really fascinating to work with that sensor and see what it collects and what it deletes along the way, depending well, on yeah. how it yeah you know what's gorgeous i love about this is i love the way the orange just flows straight up then you have the the escalator stairs which are almost like a beautiful blue and but the t is that as you said at the top is that beautiful architecture and design i mean of the of the uh, broad museum uh outside you know so just just gorgeous it's gorgeous um you know, I have to tell you, the colors just, I'll, I'll sit back with a cup of coffee and tea and look at all your work again, because I could just, I'm in awe of all the beautiful colors. This is at uh, Chase Museum. Um, or I'm not Chase Museum, Chase Stadium, uh, okay. where, the, where the Warriors play basketball. Oh, and, okay, uh, okay. It is very colorful there, but not this colorful. Mm-hmm. What amazes me about this, um, it was a fairly long exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it allows the color to collect. And then I just ramped up saturation, and much to my amazement, these colors popped. Mm. And then I used one uh, Nick filter over the top of it to kind of polish it off, and it deepened the colors just a little bit more, and I liked it. So Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, the Warriors moved to a new stadium, if I'm correct, right? I'm sorry? The Warriors, they moved to a new stadium. Yeah, this is their new stadium, yeah. Right, right. So this is the new one. Yep, yep. And wow. It's, it's, uh, it's got some wonderful architecture to go play with, and it's got some beautiful big um, um, metal spheres out in a courtyard that are mirrored on one side that are kind of infinity mirrors. And it's, it's again, another candy land. You could spend a day there. Right, right. No. Wow. I've, I haven't been to that stadium. I've only been to the forum to see the Lakers. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry. The, for, listen to me. The Staples, uh, the Staples, Staples Center. Center yeah. Boy, I'm really dating myself that I said the forum, right? <laughs> anyway, um, well, moving on here, um, you know, there's also this beautiful poetic feel to a lot of these ICM pictures with the ones that have especially one individual, one person in them like this one, there's, you could almost look at this photo and expect a poem to be read, you know? Yeah, this is New York. And um, yeah, I did a lot, I was out every evening when I was there doing night shooting and uh, she just had this beautiful kind of flowy gown on and her hair and and I love that again the geometry of it. It's it's complex in its own way when you look at the floor and the lighting mm-hmm. and what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it speaks simplicity when you look at it in the, in the whole. You right. know, well, I love her. I love her stance. You know, uh-huh. you caught you caught her in mid movement there. Obviously, yeah. her left leg in the, behind her, and her dress that she has on is sort of uh, being possibly blown a little by the wind, and her other leg is showing. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely gorgeous. So, um, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for all these lines and bars and windows. I mean, oh, I just love when people play with all that. Yeah. Um, this one's just, uh, it's a multiple exposure, but it's also got a lot of reflection in the window that I was yeah. shooting through. So yeah. it just joins all kinds of, all, it's altered reality is what it is. And exactly. 
you know, the, the people um, kind of fade with how what the light is doing and what the tonal qualities are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was really pleased with how it turned out. No, it's, it's beautiful. It really is. You know, and I have to tell you, um, one of my favorite things in life to do, everybody who watches this show who knows me and other people knows that I preach the gospel of just looking up. <laughs> and I tell everybody, always look up wherever you go, especially with buildings, because the tighter you get on them, wow, the angles and the beautiful shots that you can get by experimenting with different things. And you do absolutely gorgeous work with that. Thank you. Now this is a great building and I always look up and I always look behind me. Mm -hmm. And um, this building sparked um, some real interest in me and its possibilities uh, looking at what the building sees rather than me looking at the building. Mm -hmm. and so I backed myself into one of those alcoves to right. see what does this building see when it looks out. No, it's uh, but th this building though. Which one is it? Do you know? Because the the the, the colors. I can't, remember, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it's, no problem. It's on market. I mean, the next time you're in San Francisco, just let me know, and we'll go back you into a corner and show you. Yes, <laughs> uh, you can back me right up into that corner with this building because let me tell you something. I'd be here for an hour experimenting with it. So yeah. I, I, Edward says, I wonder what science fiction movies and literature have influenced you, Roxanne, all of these other visions and worlds you bring to us. You know what? I agree with Edward 110%. Absolutely. Um, Roxanne, uh, Roxanne, Ruth Spicer is here. Ruth, thank you so much. I love the point of view on this one. Ruth uh, is a great photographer, and she's also a wonderful fan of the show. Thank you, Ruth, for being here. So, but... Um, let's move on to a few of these. Oh man, this, you know, just, I love it. I love it. This is my technique right here. I love it. But this is what you put, this is what that building sees. Right. That's and right. You back into one of those little alcoves back there and you look up at, at the building to see what the building's looking at. And this is exactly what you see. And the first time I did it, I was just starstruck. It was like, oh, my gosh, look at this. <laughs> As I would say, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, it does, for sure. And that's exactly what the art of Just Look Up can do, because the tighter you get and the more you look at things, the more you find. And yep. that is absolutely gorgeous. Um yeah. You know, and then you can come in tight on certain things. Mm -hmm. And when I saw this, I was like, wow, that is absolutely magnificent. The clouds reflecting with those beautiful lines. I love, you know, sometimes you have to come in really tight on some things. I'm usually one that goes for the overall perspective, but um, I have to, because I'm a wide angle type of guy, but I love the close-ups on some of these. Yeah. Well, the details are, are just, um, they're just beautiful and mm -hmm. You know, architects put so much time and effort into every little tiny nuance of what they design. And mm -hmm. sometimes we just see the overall picture. And I, I like to really go in and see what makes the overall picture what it is. Right. You know, what right. are all of these elements? Right. No, yeah. absolutely. Um, there is a building in New York just like this on the west side now. I forget the name of it but it has angles just like this and I love getting under it. And actually there's another one now, a platform in New York for what's called the edge, which is now at the, um, at the new Hudson yards. 
uh-huh. and I have to get up there one day to photograph some of it. But this is absolutely stunning. And 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 then I get to the next one, and we're going to see the out the other part of it, which is right here, right? Yes. And uh, what that is is uh, the Neiman Marcus department store, what? and they wanted to build um, where an old historic building had been, mm-hmm. and they were given permission to build, providing they didn't destroy the old stained glass ceiling, mm-hmm. and so they had to design the building around that stained glass ceiling in order to get the permission to build. And it's, it's really, it's a gorgeous store. And there's just all kinds of wonderful different pictures to take of it, different perspectives to look at. I absolutely love the reflection of that other building in it because it's a, it's an older building and the sun, the sunburst on it along with the dome inside and everything else, just everything just plays so beautifully together. Yeah. Beautifully, beautifully. I have to tell you, Roxanne, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show tonight and to go through all of this work. I want to make sure that everybody checks out your website and your Instagram handle. Her Instagram handle is Roxanne underscore Overton underscore photography and RoxanneOverton.com. Please check it out. Make sure you share this broadcast, as we said earlier, for those coming in later. Let everybody on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook know about it. And uh, please, because these photographers deserve to have their work shared and to be known about. Um, I have to tell you, Edward's closing comment is absolutely perfect. A symphony of photographic elements. And that is exactly what this show has been tonight. Thank you so much, Edward. You've been uh, just inspirational to me to try and live up to what you see. Well, I have to tell you, um, we are always thrilled to have Edward um, uh, um, as a as a guest, a former guest, as a as a fan, and as just a wonderful friend of this show. He lends so much to it every week. We're thankful for him. But before we go, I'm going to bring on another big fan of architecture, and well, Jonathan, introduce yourself as how you would describe yourself to everyone. <laughs> You're muted, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, what uh, Stefan was referring to is that I did my graduate uh, work in architectural uh, design and history. Uh, I absolutely love this photograph uh, with with the mix of old and new, both inside the uh, building as well as reflected on the surface. Um, as for myself, I am a full time planner, uh, a uh, part time tech, and a some time writer. And I'm going to ask about a strange question, mm-hmm. pulling off of something that uh, you and I had discussed earlier, because we both have hearing aids and a long history of certainly a diminished hearing, if not actual deafness. How has that affected you as a visual artist? Um, I don't know that it really affects me because my hearing loss is from childhood. And so it's been my normal. Um, so the only thing I, as an artist, I'm not sure it's affected me at all uh, because I really have never known anything else. So I don't think I can answer that question. Um, I can tune things out easily, but I suspect I could tune things out easily anyway. So uh, I, I don't think it's affected me. 
Because uh, it's, it's just been with me, uh, you know, as long as I can remember. I don't remember being able to hear normally. I can understand that. Uh, my own deafness uh, started when I was a child. Yeah. Well, and do you feel that it's affected your work? I find that um, it has in a more general sense. Uh, my, my deafness journey, for lack of a better term, was very, very slow at the beginning. So I didn't actually need hearing aids for the past couple of years, mm -hmm. but it's forced me actually to be more to compensate for what I'm not hearing. Uh -huh. And well, that, maybe that's, yeah, that's a valid point. And maybe, maybe I do look a lot deeper because there's a lot that I don't hear. That's, it's quite possible. But my vision also happens to be, um, I'm like 2015 and 2013. Mm -hmm. So my vision is really acutely sharp, mm -hmm. uh, and I see things in layers. Um, so I love reflections because I can see the layers. I can figure out how many different, you know, layers and reflections I'm seeing very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it all ties together. Okay. Well, I have to tell you. Um, it's been, like I said, an incredible discussion to have you on. Your journey has been quite a, a wonderful thing to listen to. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Jonathan, by the way, is our wonderful co-producer. Without Jonathan driving the car behind the scenes, I, with all the comments and banners and tickers and uh, helping with the narrative at the beginning, I wouldn't be able to do what I do best, was put together all the visuals and I have to tell you, once again, it was a joy putting together your work tonight. Well, it was a joy for me to be here. And um, I really appreciate everybody's comments and compliments. Um, it's gratifying. I love what I do. And I love sharing it. And I love teaching it. And um, hopefully I've given a little bit of insight that will inspire some people to go try something a little bit different. And uh, discover a little magical world they maybe didn't know was there. Well, you've already done that with somebody as far away as New Zealand because uh, Jude from New Zealand uh, said, so glad I discovered Roxanne's work. Thank you for sharing her images. Thank Mission. So you know what I say? Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Okay. <laughs> Roxanne, Thank you so much, Steph. It was a joy meeting you, Jonathan. I really appreciate everything that you guys do to further the art of photography. It's, it's definitely a passion. Absolutely. Stay behind the scenes for one minute. I have to wrap up, but then I want to talk to you for a minute, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, okay. I'm going to take this off. I'm going to, and I'm going to say, folks, this has been another Spinach Social Hour. Thank you so much for being here. Wow, it was so much fun and so beautiful going through Roxanne's work. Uh, thank you, Ty, uh, for letting me know about her. Um, I am definitely, definitely looking forward to bringing more photographers on. I've been on a run of women photographers right now because I am making it a mission of mine to bring more and more women photographers on the show and photographers from everywhere, from all different backgrounds. So I just want to run through a couple of things. Please know that my next guest is going to be an incredible show. The next guest I'm bringing on in two weeks on April 29th at 6 p.m., Midnight in Croatia is Olga Karlovac. Olga is an incredible photographer who has a brand new book out. I'm going to bring her on. 
Um, and it's going to be an incredible time learning about her journey and her work. So please tune in on Thursday, April 29th, as Olga stays up really late to come to us all the way from Croatia. Okay. The other thing that I wanted to tell you quickly is that there's a great workshop going on online, uh, an expo called canamexpo.com. Uh, Rick Friedman, one of my buddies and a former guest on the show and a phenomenal photographer, is doing uh, some workshops there. But any of the workshops there uh, are only $99. You just can't beat that, as it says. Photography education with 13 instructors, over 30 hours of classes. Please check out the Can-Am Expo and Rick and many other photographers listed there. You will learn a lot. It's going to be great. We all need something to do during this pandemic. And then finally, a couple of other things. Uh, one of my other sponsors on this show is a wonderful gentleman named Emilio Pardo, who's a visionary brand strategist, strategist. And we work on a show together called Real Talk Live from the Barn. And our guest on Wednesday, April 28th, is going to be Christine Whalen, Dr. Christine Whalen from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And she is the authority on purpose and happiness. And it's going to be on finding happiness, the myth and reality, how to achieve it and make it last. It is going to be a great show. We all need to know about more about happiness and purpose. So please tune in and listen to Dr. Whelan uh, talk about that. It's going to be an absolute great show. And Sri Sunday NYT Read Along this Sunday and every Sunday. Join in with Sri and this week guest host, Neil Parekh, who is actually also the producer of Sri's Read Along, with Robert Strauss, who is their guest this week, author of The Final Founder, a somewhat unconventional biography of U.S. Supreme Court Justice John Marshall, and author of Worst President Ever. No, not that one. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm tuning in for that one, just for that line right there. Okay, we're not going to get into that, though. And finally, folks, thank you for being here. I really have a passion for doing this show every two weeks now. And I thank the heavens every time I do it for bringing these photographers on. Please look me up and follow me and find me and connect with me if there's work to be done in social media and visual strategy, live stream production, social media coaching. And I do a ton of guest speaking and workshops these days all over the world, uh, teaching about visuals and social media. So please connect with me. Thank you very much. I tell you, folks, uh, what a joy. Anyway, see you in two weeks. Stefan Kaplan here for the Spin It Social Hour. Please, number one, take care of yourselves and be well and take care of your families and friends. Thank you very much. Good luck with everything, folks. See you then. Good night. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one 
best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks.